Hi, welcome to the Living Large and Art podcast. This is the prologue to the Murder at the Mini Mansion series, which will be just a couple short ones. But what happened, there was a murder at my house. This was a couple minutes. This is less than an hour into 2018 on January 1st. There was a party at my house that was not supposed to be happening there and a couple people got dropped and one went off to the other world and the other one's still kind of fucked up from what I understand. Anyway, how we got to that point is my house, the mini mansion, 1873 Italianate Victorian. If you go to my Facebook page, Micro Max Marvin, there's a link there to my old Airbnb listing and you can look at pictures of it. what happened was I had bought the house at one point I'd inherited some money and I did some extensive renovations I was carrying uh, a lot of debt and it was I was getting by but then one of my uh, revenue streams dried up so it was looking pretty damn bleak now in the old Allentown historic district where the house is they have house tours and mine was on there three different times the final time that it was on there um, I got together with some other people on my block and we had five houses on one block which is pretty unheard of so it made it real easy for people to get around the weather was real nice as you can tell from traffic we're up here in the skybox high above highway 309 and there was a food truck across the street there was a coffee Um, vendors set up in front of my house I had live music in the living room and there ended up being uh, 600 people that came to the house just that one day and I always enjoyed doing the house tour you know people looking at your house and coming up and saying man I like this and then I like that Uh, a few people obviously didn't like what I'd done with it It it's pretty unique if you look at the pictures you'll see that there's a uh, chest-high urinal in the bathroom. The shower, when you walk past the urinal, was six feet by four feet with four shower heads with two great big windows that looked over the yard right in downtown Allentown. Um, but I remember remarking after the last house tour I was on with the 600 people coming through that there's got to be a way to monetize that that good feeling and turn it into money and I went this Airbnb thing which at that point was still relatively new um, I thought that was the way to go but I assumed that as a host you had to be in the house and maybe even have to cook them fucking breakfast or something which I definitely didn't want to do but looking into it I realized I could uh, either rent a room or I could rent the whole house And there was no breakfast involved, which I thought was great. So what I did was I set the thing up and um, I was doing whole house rental and room rental, cut the room rental out immediately because no one really seemed interested. I mean, why would you want to be there with my creepy ass there? And it was also financially stupid because I'm renting a room out for 69 a night when I was renting the whole house out for 175 a night. Um, on a weekday and 275 on a weekend. It just didn't make any sense. 
So anyway, um, I listed it, became instantly popular. I was getting 10 to 15 looks per day on average. And if I pimped it on Facebook, as many as 300. But I was just instantly busy. And I did very well with it. It was working out financially. It was a pain in the ass. Um, initially, it was enjoyable because people were cool. They came in, they treated the house like it was my house. Um, I met some very interesting people. The lead singer and the percussionist for Cirque du Soleil. I can't remember which one it was. It was one that ran for 15 years and just ended, but they stayed at the house. I may have gotten them some weed, but keep that on the DL. Um, we went and got a backstage tour the first night of the show, and then two nights later, Mary and I got to go actually backstage in the warm-up area and watch the entire show for nothing. And that was, that, that's got to be way up there on the life list of things that, number one, not many people get to do, and number two, it was really cool to watch everybody who had anything physical to do come back and do it before the show backstage. And... Um, to see how some people, like the clown, who was extremely unfunny, just not interact with anybody, and other people that were very sociable, and they would uh, they were teaching each other their returns, their routines and things like that. Uh, there's the, the Russian swing or the Georgian swing. It's where they you know, go back and forth and flip through the air from one thing to another and land on each other's shoulders. That uh, is apparently the most extremely dangerous thing in the entire show um, so during their warm-up they had uh, the whole setup back behind the stage and they muffed it and when they were on stage actually uh, usually during the show because you there's a couch set up a couple couches actually and a, a big screen TV and a DVR so people could come back and they could rewatch what they'd done or the coach could come back, or whatever he was, floor manager. Uh, usually no one really paid much attention to the TV, but when the Russian swing dudes were out there, Georgian swings, there was a lot of people watching, just because there was that uh, possibility that someone's going to get real fucked up. But nobody did. It was interesting to me after the show that uh, when they went out, and everybody goes out and takes a bow, and you hear everybody run back behind the curtain. Then they go out and they take their bow again. And then I heard and running and running and running. They're getting closer and closer and closer to the backstage. I'm going, what the fuck is going on? Is somebody out there with a gun? Is everybody freaking out? And then these people come to the backstage area and they go tear ass and past us. Turn the corner and go down the hallway. And that's when I realized they were running to the showers. They wanted to get to the showers before anybody else. So that's showbiz, folks. Um, there was those people. There was a, um, a Brazilian family of four that came and stayed for eight nights, nine days. And during their stay, the uh, Stupid Bowl was going on, Stupid Bowl 52, which was the Eagles and the Patriots. And I explained to the father that this was a big deal because it's the team that always wins that a lot of people hate because they always win and a team that never wins and they just happen to be the local team. So we took we, we actually met the Brazilians at a local restaurant and um, 
the owners at the place were kind enough to plop us right in front of the big screen. And luckily the game was um, interesting enough that they could follow along and be um, drawn into it. Because some of those, you know, football in general, I don't particularly care for just because there's so much stop and go, stop and go. And sometimes it gets into these arcane rule bullshit things, but that was a pretty good game just for anybody to watch if you knew the basics, and um, they got into it. So those were two of the highlights, but other than that, as you would expect, and as time went on, this got worse and worse. People would trash the place. Um, there was also a thing I called the pay-it-forward beer stash. I don't drink, but people would leave beer in the refrigerator, and I would show that when people came, I was like, look, it's pay it for a beer stash, help yourself to anything you want. It'd be cool if you left something different. And to a large extent, people were, were pretty cool with that. I'd come sometimes and reopen the refrigerator when people had left, and it was just jammed full of it. Man, there's one point, there must have been 15 different kinds of beer in there. And then on the other hand, there was a group of medical students from the University of Philadelphia that stayed, and they brought cases of beer and I heard one exclaim after I explained the pay-it-forward beer stash, what was going on. And he goes, look at all the beer we got. And I thought, yeah, fucking, there's only four of you. And you got two cases. They wiped the thing out. So it would ebb and flow. But as time went on, there was a lot more ebb, a lot less flow. People just helping themselves. Uh, at one point, there was a pillow missing. And um, I, I, I gave up. I looked in the yard, <laughs> I looked all over the house, and, and so I texted the guy that was the contact for that group. Uh, they were here to do some lame, some really lame bike riding down the rail trail, super slow. And um, yeah, anyway, I said, I give up. Uh, you play and hide the pillow, you win. Where the fuck is it? And the text came back, check the attic. He was pretty drunk and I went yeah I saw the recycling bin and you guys really packed it away they, I mean they fucking the recycling bin was a 55 gallon not 55 but a 33 gallon trash can and that was full and this was over a couple days so there was nonsense like that there was uh, one group that left 13 different water bottles empty and full and partial all over the house under beds you'd find the I'd find the little those flossing things those curved dealy bobs on the floor. People would like floss their teeth and throw them on the floor. A piece of gum stuck to the furniture. Um, I, I had a 3D 75-inch TV and people would try to watch stuff in 3D that wasn't in 3D, like Netflix. So I had to hide all that stuff. And it, was, it just got more and more annoying. As time went on, I got uh, kind of ticked off with it. But one thing that, let's get back to the story, Mike. Okay, hey, how about I do that? So for New Year's Eve 2017, this guy gets a hold of me, and um, he wants it for New Year's Eve and the day after. And I said, all right, look, I got a strict no parties policy. And, um, oh, don't worry about that, he says. Yeah, text back. You know, we're going back and forth through text and uh, Airbnb messaging. Oh, don't worry about that. 
Um, and then he, get, he gets a hold of me and says, uh, you got a sound system. I say, what do you need a sound system for? It's not like you're going to have a party. Oh, no, 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 we're not even going to be here. And I said, okay, just to let you know, my neighbors watch the house when I'm not there. Goes, oh, keep an eye on us. And I'm like, well, I'm just saying. Because it sounds like you're going to have a party. I'm not going to have a party. We're not even going to be here. So um, I just had a real bad feeling, obviously, about this. Because usually I would just, I wouldn't even say anything. It's in the, it's in the house rules about not having a party. Um, oh, also, there was a music video shot there. Um, if you listen to this and you want a link to the music video that was shot there, I can uh, send that to you. Just get a hold of me through Micromax Marvin on Facebook, or if I, you know, if you got me through, you can get me through Messenger, or if you got my number, just text me and I'll send it to you. So these people were coming to shoot a music video, and they were just going to stay at my house and go to Centralia, which is a place here in Pennsylvania that's had a coal um, mine fire going on for 60 years, I believe. That was one of the locations that we're going to go to, and a re abandoned resort in the Poconos, of which if you look at the Living Large and Hard Instagram of mine and go back through, you'll see that I come across a lot of those and put pictures up. So they were staying at the house, and I said, you can use the house in the, in the video if you want. And they're like, oh, can we? I'm like, no, I don't want you to put my house in a fucking music video. Yeah, of course you can use it. And it ended up being in 80% of the uh, video. The music, the song itself, pretty lame, but it's kind of cool to still to see the mini mansion in a in a well done production and um there was neon sculpture in the house and neon signage and that became uh they turned their credits into faux neon so that was cool also one of the worst pieces of shit movies ever made it's called the reeves was made there um <laughs> really horrible I mean, not even bad enough that it's enjoyable. Just really, really bad. And it was an all-black horror production. And when the director came through to do a walkthrough and look at stuff, I said, look, if you need a creepy old white guy, I'm your man. And she went, well, we do need a gardener. So I do make a cameo in the movie, which I must say is the most frightening part of it. I mean, if you've seen me, you'll probably agree with that. If you haven't seen me when you see me, You'll probably agree with that. And uh, again, I can. I think it's still password protected for some fucking reason, even though nobody wants to see it. But I do have the password, and I can throw you, you know, if you give enough of a shit that you're actually listening to this and you're interested, I'll throw you a link to that too. Um, you'll probably wonder, wow, how come the Reeves is blowing up all of a sudden? Because, yeah, that was a piece of garbage. So anyway... Uh, the mini mansion gave the backstory on that. Also, this guy who is obviously going to have a party. Um, what I would do is turn my phone on, on uh, Do Not Disturb, except I would leave whoever was renting my place um, immune to that so they could call through in case they needed some in the middle of the night because... Um, I control the thermostat from my phone because otherwise there people would either, you know, they'd just run it up to 74 and leave it blasting around the clock. Um, that was usually the problem. So went to bed 
I don't really do the New Year's Eve thing. Haven't for a while. I did go to New York City once for New Year's Eve, and that well, I bailed on it. It was like four hours before the thing started. I was five blocks away. I was already getting crammed in, and realizing that uh, with the amount I'd been drinking, that to get to the Portageon and back a couple times wasn't really going to be fun. So anyway, bailed on that. But anyway, went to bed, fell asleep. Um, fireworks actually woke us up, not the ones downtown where my house is, was, but some, just some local privateers and looked at my phone and there was, uh, 14 text messages. There were DMs on Facebook messenger and I believe seven phone calls. So you can see where this is going. So this is a prologue to Murder at the Mini Mansion and part two coming up next week.